Welcome back, guys, to Grant's Political Daybreak. It is November 14, 2023, and you're listening in the morning. This is the first time the podcast has come out in the morning, so yay, I guess. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, So this is the way it'll be from now on. I'm just going to try to keep everyone updated, uh, whether they're, you're getting ready in the morning, whether you're taking a shower in the morning, whether you're going to work in the morning, whether you're eating breakfast in the morning, whatever you're doing in the morning, I'm here every day and I'm going to give you the political day break so that when you get to work or when you get to your workout the gym or wherever you go and someone says hey did you see that thing you can say no I heard that thing and here's my opinion about it so you know <laughs> it works uh, so I hope that this podcast goes goes out to the people who do not have the time to look up things about politics or to like uh, whatever and granted there's a lot of opinion in this podcast okay because it's my opinion I can say whatever the heck I want really uh, but we're going to just dive right in into yesterday's news and to just like a little update into what's happening in the world. Um, and we're just going to go through a couple items really quick. It's not going to be focusing on like one or two items like the last uh, couple podcasts have been. But so, yeah, we're just going to go for it. So first of all, let's go to Ukraine and see what's happening over there, right? So far, the U.S. has sent $113 billion to Ukraine. That's insanity. And so basically what happened is that the house was like, hey, guess what? We need to actually make legislation so that we can fight corruption among Ukrainian officials. This has been like literally the greatest idea ever since we started giving billions and millions of dollars to Ukraine, because guess what? There has been no oversight. No oversight over any of these funds until now in Ukraine. And guess what? If you send $113 billion to Ukraine or to any country for that matter, you really think officials aren't going to try to pocket some of that? Like that's a lot of money that can easily go missing. And so basically what's happened is that they made they passed this law in the House. I don't know if it's been signed by President Biden yet, but basically they said, hey, guess what? If anyone, anyone period in the uh, Ukrainian government tries to pocket this money for themselves instead of going towards humanitarian aid or towards their military to fight against Russia, guess what? Your visas get revoked and you're not allowed to come to the U.S. And I think that's like the wisest thing that we've done this entire time ever since we started giving money to Ukraine. Because if you thought that Ukrainian officials are not corrupt, well, think again. Every official in government is corrupt in some shape, way, or form. So at the end of the day, this has been literally the best idea since sliced bread, really, <laughs> like because there needs to be oversight over all of these this money going over to Ukraine. It's not even funny. And that's another discussion for another time of my opinion about the money we've sent to Ukraine. I'm glad that our government has finally realized, oh, wait, we need some oversight. We need <laughs> some protection over all of this money that we're sending overseas. I'll never think of that. Ever think of that? <laughs> so uh, also in Ukraine, they have finally figured out and they finally uncovered who actually caused the Nord Stream um, oil pipeline sabotage. Uh, back earlier in uh, September of 2022, the Nord Stream pipeline was attacked. And for the longest while, no one really knew who did it. Obviously, people thought it was Ukraine, and it turns out that it was Ukraine. Uh, but the reason why people didn't 
think it was Ukraine for a while was because Volodymyr Zelensky did not know about it, actually. And according to some of these reports, some Ukrainian officials in Zelensky's administration basically hid it from him so that he wouldn't know that Ukraine did that to Russia. Because for the longest time, when it first happened, a lot of the news was saying, oh, wait, did uh, Russia do that to themselves to make Ukraine look bad? All right. So basically what happened is that the Washington Post and the German publication jointly investigated the explosion. According to inside information, Ukrainian officials ordered former Special Forces operative Roman Shervinsky to coordinate a team to set of explosives in which Shervinsky basically said, no, I didn't do that. And but he's currently jailed and on trial for abusing his power of trying to persuade a Russian pilot to defect an effort to lead an attack on Ukrainian forces. But he claims the prosecution over his past comments, citizizing Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. And this article was done by FISM TV. Basically, in this article and in other articles that I've looked up uh, random places, the reality is, is that it's like insane to think about that Zelensky did not know about this. And this is the thing. This goes back to the whole oversight thing that needs to happen in Ukraine. Like, people are getting away with things that they shouldn't be getting away with in Ukraine. And there's corruption in every government, of course, right? But why do you think Russia and Ukraine are at war with each other? They are both corrupt countries. Russia, a little bit more corrupt. I will admit that, yes. But they're both corrupt countries. And if Zelensky doesn't know what's happening within his administration, maybe we should think again about sending Zelensky, how how much have we sent? $113 billion or so. So at the end of the day, this has been insanity, pure insanity with uh, Ukrainian funds that we've sent over and whatnot. And obviously I said that th that's another conversation for another time. And we won't have it right here right now. Think about this. <laughs> like it took this long for the whole Nord Stream uh, attack stuff to come out. And obviously most people, including myself, obviously figured, yeah, Ukraine must have done this to the Nord Stream pipeline. They obviously attacked it um, because America definitely didn't attack it. And no one else would have had the audacity to do that to Russia, except for obviously Ukraine at the time, <laughs> because, you know, they were still at war at that point. In other news... Outside of Ukraine, let's go to the border. First of all, the border is a mess. People are being trafficked up to the United States in the most illegal means possible. Uh, people are being abused on the way up. People are being killed on the way up. It's not It's not a good sight. It's not good what's happening at the southern border at all. And Joe Biden should get his ducks together before something bad happens in terms of like a terrorist attack on this country or something. And basically, what I want to talk about is the fact that Republicans and civil rights groups are basically trying to get rid of DACA. And DACA, if you didn't know, was this program instituted by the Obama administration. It was basically like this way of uh, helping younger illegal immigrants into the country and basically helping them get a job or help them start a business. And that we wouldn't give them money necessarily, but they would just go start their own business or start a job. And basically what would happen is that it was actually great for the U.S. economy and for those people because while they worked fairly under this DACA ruling and under this DACA program, they were able to build their business and get a job and make money and all of this great stuff for them. And it was great for the U.S. economy, too, because guess what? They were required to pay taxes, too, even though they were an illegal immigrant. And so it was like it was just a great program, at least in my opinion, because it actually encouraged people to come who came up through the border illegally. Guess what? You may have come up illegally, but we give you two two years to really work and to really have those opportunities that you came up here for. And most people took 
those opportunities. Like, this is why DACA was such a good thing, because people were able to achieve certain opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have had because they would have got deported without this uh, program. But basically, Texas and eight other states filed a lawsuit against DACA, arguing that the Obama administration didn't have the authority to create the program, which came at a, came at a huge cost to the country. U.S. District Attorney uh, Judge Andrew Hannon ruled in their favor, saying it was up to Congress to take action on this issue. They argued that Congress is the only one that can actually make a program like this and it's sad to see DACA go because ultimately it's it was made so that younger illegal immigrants coming up could actually make a life for themselves and also eventually apply for citizenship in the United States like these people actually want to change their life for the better and that's why they come to America and granted I'm not like this over I don't view the border crisis as this oversimplified project or this oversimplified uh, project problem. It's not. It's a very intense problem. But for the people who are coming up and actually trying to make a life for themselves and actually trying to uh, use the opportunities that America has for them, it's a very good thing. A very good thing. There's very bad actors who come up, the cartel, for instance, and all of these people are used by the cartel to smuggle in drugs and to even partake in human trafficking, sex trafficking, and all those terrible things. And the sad thing is, is that we don't have a government right now that's willing to actually protect the border. We don't have anyone that's willing to deport people who are not uh, supposed to be here, honestly. And I'm not talking about illegal immigrants trying to find a better life here in the United States through a program maybe like DACA, but I'm talking about the people who are extremists, who are terrorists, who are uh, not coming up through Mexico and coming through other countries and taking advantage of the border crisis. I'm talking about people who pose a threat to national security. That's who I'm talking about. And not not everyone is that, and I and I understand that. But we must be willing to protect our country, but also have programs like DACA so that we can encourage growth within America in terms of the immigrants who come to this country. But I hope that kind of gives you a perspective of what's happening in the southern border right at this second, especially with uh, getting rid of DACA and all these other things that have been happening. And in some ways, getting rid of DACA actually makes things worse because then there's no program for anyone to go through. Well, I mean, there is there is some programs. I'm not saying there's no programs, but DACA was such a huge program that helped a lot of people. And another thing that's happening in the Gaza-Hamas war, yes, in my second episode, I rant, ranted the whole episode about Hamas and how evil they were. Uh, but uh, Benjamin Netanyahu basically said, hey, guess what? Once the war is over, we're basically the military and the security forces inside of Gaza. It doesn't matter they basically said, it doesn't matter who takes over Gaza, we will be there as basically a military police to make sure that a terrorist attack like this never happens again. So that's just like a quick update from the Hamas-Israel uh, war and what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu plans to do in terms of like post-war uh, plans with Gaza and with Israel. And also in other news, Joe Manchin will not run for Senate. He is one of my favorite Democrats because he's not a Democrat, really. He's more of a centrist, uh, but I like him because he's willing to compromise on a lot of things and he's willing to actually get the job done and has tried to uh, increase a lot of job growth, Virginia and the state that he's from. And it's just neat to see Joe Manchin do this because he's like, you know what, I'm going to go travel around the country and I'm going to go and try to see 
if there is a movement in America with moderates and centrists like me, which is, which is honestly like almost 70% of uh, America right now. And the reason I say that is because the loudest voices in America are the extreme left and right. No one in the middle is represented by a huge megaphone, if that makes sense. And it's neat to see people like RFK, Joe Manchin, and others actually try to be like, you know what? It's time for unity. It's time for a new America. And they actually have, uh, I feel like a lot of independents and a lot of people, even like people like me, are willing to admit that we need a change and we need to be more unified as a country. We can't continue along the path we are now living in extreme polar opposites. And um, so I hope that Joe Manchin he might even run for president. You never know. It's neat to see Joe Manchin and people like RFK stand up and say, you know what? Enough is enough with this political divide. We're going to try to make a new movement and find support to build a new political culture in America. And I just hope that that actually happens through Joe Manchin, RFK, or whoever else, you know, who really wants to see unity in the United States, Uh, because it's really needed at this point, because both Biden and Trump uh, keep dividing the country. Uh, Biden ran on uniting the country, but he's just as polarizing or uh, even worse than Trump in some ways. And at the end of the day, we need someone like RFK, Joe Manchin, or just someone willing to reach out to the other side, each side of the political aisles and be like, you know what? You're an American too, just like me. We need to come together and actually figure out the issues that we actually care about together. And that's what needs to happen. That's the reality of what needs to happen in today's political climate. Uh, So yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed uh, this episode this morning and uh, guess tune in next time for another podcast and another daily podcast of your daily dose of the political daybreak from Grant. Uh, I'll probably try to release each episode around 6 a.m. just because I don't know who listens and I don't know how early everyone gets up, but that's the earliest I'm willing to get up. So that's when it's going to come out. (laughs) Anyway, guys, have a good morning and uh, have a great day. Bye bye.